praying already. Yeah, we got a handful of people. We need it. We need a couple of days break. And I understand after Monday or Tuesday, we're going to get a break for a few days. But anyway, we need the rain. Hey, I'm really glad to see you here today. I'm excited to get into God's word here in just a couple of minutes and uh, talk about seriously, seriously. If you're here at the bridge for the very first time, we especially want to welcome you. We want to thank you for being here today. And if you have any questions while you're here, stop by the Connection Center out in the lobby. They can answer any questions you might have. And you can check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv, and I think you can find a lot of answers there as well. Once again, we're just really glad you're here. Can we welcome our first-time guest today? Thank you for joining us. We're going to look at a few different passages of Scripture today. But if you would, go ahead and turn to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, we're going to jump around a little bit and look at some different verses. If you don't have a Bible or if you don't have a device with the Bible downloaded on it, you can just check out the screen. We'll have the verses we read up there on the screen. We're in a series simply entitled Seriously. Seriously. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Every one of you. Every one of us. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Seriously? Absolutely. And the last couple of weeks, we've launched into talking about purpose, talking about finding and fulfilling that purpose. And today, I want to look at the life of Caleb. Caleb's an interesting person. Caleb's a unique person, and I love the story of his life. There's not an awful lot written about him, but what is written is really significant. So I want us to look at this together today. And, you know, I, I really think today God's going to continue that conversation with us. He's going to continue that conversation with you, talking about you and his plan for your life and his purpose for your life and all that he wants to do in you. And today I think God's going to do two things. He's going to stir up some things inside of us and make some things come to life. But I also think he's going to put some fingers on some things and say, you know what? We need to move in this direction here, and we need to move in that direction here. So let's begin today looking at the life of Caleb. As you look at Caleb's life, there are really three main scenes that we want to look at today. And out of these three scenes, I think you'll begin to understand how Caleb fulfilled God's purpose for his life, and his life fulfilled God's plan for God's people. And notice those two statements. God fulfilled his plan and purpose in Caleb's life, but Caleb helped fulfill God's plans and purposes in the earth for his people. Interesting combination there. You see, Caleb was one of those young men who left Egypt when Israel left there in the Exodus. He was one of those young men who took off from Egypt and headed toward the promised land following Moses' leadership. And as you think of the big picture, the story, for those of you who are Bible students or you've heard the story a lot of times, when you think about the story of the exodus of Israel, you always think about Moses. You think about Moses. You think about Aaron. You think about Miriam. And eventually you begin to think about Joshua. But one of the characters throughout that whole picture that we're going to look at today is a man whose name was Caleb. You see, God has a plan for his people. So he called Moses, then Joshua. But within the plan, there were many other people and there were other smaller plans that are necessary to accomplish God's purposes. And Caleb understood that. One of the things that I'm praying and believing that's going to happen during this series is that we will understand God has a big plan for his people. How many of you know God has big plans for his church? Do you know God has plans throughout eternity? Some of you need to get your heart wrapped around that. God has plans for us throughout eternity. But within that big plan, God has millions of smaller plans that make up that plan. And God has you in there. God has me in there, and he wants us to find that plan and fulfill it and see purpose develop in our lives. Moses, Aaron, Aaron, Miriam, and Joshua seem to be the main characters, but Caleb stands out in this picture because we see that he committed his life to God's plans. So today, let's, let's look at this together. First of all, Numbers chapter 13. Let's look at the first scene where you really see 
Caleb mentioned. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And he said, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Now, for time's sake this morning, I'm not going to read the whole story to you. I'm going to pull this one verse out. But let me kind of set it up for you. On this journey from Egypt to the promised land, it's really only an eight or ten day journey. They could have made it in just a few days, but God took them the long way around because they weren't yet ready to see war. And he took them on a slower route because God wanted to show his nature to his people. He wanted to give them time to learn his ways. He wanted to give them time to get their faith and their hearts wrapped around him and his plans so that they could go together into the promised land. But they came to a place that was called Kadesh Barnea. And when they arrived at that place, God told Moses, choose 12 spies, one from every tribe of Israel. And when you've chosen those 12 spies, send them into the promised land. Let them stay for 40 days and spy out the land. And here's the instructions that God gave. This is very important. Understand this. God God said, tell them to go out, spy out all the land, and see what the land is like. Is it hills? Is it valleys? Is it flatlands? Is it fertile? Is it desert? What's the land like? And, And find out as well. Is the land fertile? Can it be a productive land? Is there food in the land? Fruits, vineyards, are crops planted there? What's in the land? Then he also said, look at the cities. Are they strong-walled fortresses or are they cities and villages that are easy to take? Have them go in, spy out the land, and then come back and tell us because we're going to go in and possess the land. So the spies go in for 40 days, they spy out the land. Then they come back to the camp. When they get back to camp, they rise up and 10 of the 12 spies, all they want to do is give their opinion about the situation. They said, we spied out the land, we looked at it, and all we know is there are great walled fortresses and there are giants there. We cannot do this. But there's two of the 12. One was Joshua, and the other is this man, Caleb. And they got up and said, no, 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 no. That's not the truth. That's not the way it is. You're not seeing this thing right. God didn't send us to give an opinion to him. God sent us to bring back word of what the land was like. And so Caleb rises up in that verse. He says this. He quiets the people and says, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. I love those words. I love that attitude. God said, here's the land. Go check it out. He went and checked it all out. He comes back. And when everybody is saying, oh, we can't do it, he says, no, no, no. We can do this. This morning, we have got to understand as the people of God that we can do anything that God calls us to do. I know it's first service, so let me try it again. We, the people of God, can do anything that God calls us to do. All right, that's a little bit better. But let me bring it down a step. You can do anything that God calls you to do. You can do it. You can do it. And and the first thing that we see in this scene is Caleb saw what God saw. Caleb saw what God saw. And really, the point is, Caleb chose to see what God saw. One of the things that keeps us from fulfilling purpose in life is we only tend to see through natural eyes. We only tend to see through our own personalities, through our own wants, our own desires, and what's comfortable for us. And can I just tell you today, God is never going to call you to a comfortable place. Not if you're doing his work, because he wants to put you in a place where you need his help. And so many of us, we see through limited eyes, through natural eyes, but Caleb got the instructions. God said, go look at the land and come back and tell me what it looks like before we go in to take it because I want the people to know what we're getting into here so we can join our faith together and be in unity. And Caleb comes back and says, we can go in and take the land right now. Why? Because he chose to see what God sees. I think a lot of Christians suffer from limited vision. Because every time they hear something beyond their ability, they say, well, that's not going to happen. 
or somebody else will have to do that. I sure couldn't do that. And we limit God, and when we limit God, we make God the size of our abilities. Did you know God's bigger than you? <clears throat> Turn to somebody. I know it's, boy, it is definitely first service today. Turn to somebody and say, God is bigger than you. <clears throat> Some of you need to be reminded of that today. God is bigger than you. He's bigger. So we need to choose to see what God sees. When Caleb stepped into his place, he became important to God's master plan. None of us become important until we step into our place. And a lot of us are just happy standing on the, on the sidelines watching it happen. And God says, no, I have a place for you. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a function for you. But we never become important until we step into our place. You know, I, I can imagine when Joshua called those spies. And, and here's what you have to remember. The people of Israel had been slaves. That's all they'd ever known was slavery. They fought like slaves. And so here are these slaves out in the wilderness waiting to go into this land that they don't know anything about. So God says, okay, send in 12 spies. So from each tribe, I'm talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of people, one person is chosen. Caleb is chosen from his tribe. You've never seen his name mentioned before. But all of a sudden, Caleb becomes important. Why? Because he steps into his place and he begins to see what God sees. Some of us today need to choose to step into our place and begin to see what God sees. Because it's good. It is good. And, and then Caleb followed God's instructions. And I love that. He followed God's instructions. He didn't come back and give God nine reasons. He didn't write a book and say, well, God, here's why we can't do this. He came back and said, we can do it. God said we can do it, so we can do it. And today, I hope, I hope you could open your heart and understand and receive this. The life God sees for us is bigger than us. The dreams he wants us to dream, they're bigger than our dreams. And we need his help to see it and then to fulfill it. But we've got to be willing to see what God sees. And once we step into place, into his master plan, then God begins to unfold his plans and his blessing for our lives. Now, go to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. We just read from Numbers 13. Look at Numbers chapter 14. Well, look at the, ne the next principle here. Numbers 14, start at verse number 6. So we're going to read a few verses here. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Can I tell you today, God wants to lead you to a good place, a better place. It's better than where you are now. Verse 7, or, or verse number 8, If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey, which means it's a land that's bountiful, with plenty. Everything you need is going to be there. Verse number 9, they give this warning. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Now stop there just a moment. They are our bread. What they're saying is they have already planted the crops and the vineyards and the orchards. The land is settled. It's all prepared for us. All we have to do is go in and take it. They've prepared the next meal for us. What am I going to eat when I get there? It's already prepared. Just keep going. Just keep going. And it goes on to say this. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Their protection. Caleb saw what God saw. Their protection has departed. They are no longer safe. God is not going to protect them there. God's called us to go in. So if God's called us to go in, he's already removed the protection of the enemy. It's out of the way. I love, I love their words. It's amazing. But then he says this. So do not fear them. 
Now, I don't want to get off track today, but i got to say this while I'm here. There is no excuse, there's no reason for a believer to live in fear. Now, there are things to be afraid of, but there's no reason for you to be in fear. There's no reason for you to live in fear. Especially when you look into the things that God's called you into. He said, don't be afraid of them. Now, look at verse number 10. The last verse we're going to read here. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Isn't that amazing? Joshua and Caleb got up and said, hey, we believe God. We believe God. We can do this. Man, and we, we've seen it. It's ready for us to go in and take it. And the people rose up and they were ready to stone them to death. Let me give you a couple thoughts about this passage. God is going to demand that we learn to live by faith. If we're going to do anything for God, if we're going to live out our purpose individually and collectively as a church, if we're going to do what God's called us to do, we have got to learn to live by faith. Now, what is faith? You know, faith's not an option. It's a necessity. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to see the promises fulfilled in your life. Caleb understood this. He grasped it. And he said, what God has said is true. Therefore, what everybody else said that disagrees with God, that's false. Did you catch that? You know what faith is? Faith is believing what God said and disagreeing when anybody contradicts him. Why? Because there are already going to, always going to be people around you who will contradict the word of God. There's always going to be somebody close by. It may be your spouse. I won't have you turn to your spouse and rebuke them right now. We'll do that. You can do that later when you get in the car, okay? And that's on you. Just choose your words wisely. Uh, it may be, may be parents, brothers and sisters, maybe people you work with, neighbors, close friends, business partners. There are always going to be people around who say, well, no, that's not going to happen. But yet God's put it in your heart. This is what he's going to do. Faith is believing God in spite of what anybody else says. And then here's, what, here's what's so unique to me. In the wording that Caleb and Joshua used, they said accepting doubt and fear is as rebellion against the Lord. Boy, it's quiet in this church today. Accepting doubt and fear, embracing doubt and fear, welcoming doubt and fear is as rebellion against the Lord. They wanted to stone those guys for saying that. And some of you are ready to stone me right now for saying that. Every, all the chairs are fastened down in here, so don't even think about it. There's nothing to throw, okay? Unless you brought it with you, there's nothing here to throw. Caleb understood. There's no place for anybody else's opinion. There's no place for anybody else's influence. What God said, God's going to do, so I'm going to follow God and watch him do it. That's faith. That's the essence of what faith is. Then look at Numbers 14, look at verse 24. One more thing I want to show you here before we move to the next scene. Numbers 14, 24. Later on, this is what God says about Caleb. He says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him. Notice those words. He has, he has a different spirit in him. There's something different about Caleb. Inside, he's different. He has a different spirit in him. And he has followed me fully. Look at those words. He's followed me fully. Because of that, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Now, those two things that he said in that verse. One, he said, Caleb has followed me how? Fully. As opposed to partially. Caleb has followed me fully. Whereas a lot of people follow God partially. Let me tell you how to take the land. Let me tell you how to put the giants in their place. Let me tell you how to become everything God's created you to be. Follow God fully. Everybody say fully. fully. I know it's hard to say on Sunday morning. Fully. fully. 
follow God fully. And the thing of it is, people of faith, people of faith have a different spirit about them. Everybody smile at me, okay? No, don't throw any stones. People of faith are obnoxious to people of doubt. If you love to doubt and you love to not believe, you will hate people of faith because they're opposites. Faith and fear, faith and doubt are opposites. See, one of the things that God spoke to my heart years ago, you know, I, I, years ago I had a lady in my church, a different church where I pastored. had a lady in my church. She drove me nuts. She drove me crazy because, I mean, every night it seemed like she was having some kind of dream from God and she was coming telling me about it tell me, well, you need to dream this dream too. And I'm like, no, I sleep in a different bed. I don't need to dream your dreams. You dream your dreams, I'll dream my dreams, you know. Just, just. But she, she would drive me, but, but the ultimate thing was, I watched her live from miracle to miracle. And she wasn't really wanting me to dream her dreams. She was really just wanting to share her faith with somebody. You know why that is? Because everybody else around her was saying, oh, you're stupid, you're crazy, that's not going to happen. No, 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 leave me. Uh, and, and people would run away from her. I watched people run away, and, and there were times she was obnoxious, and she said things that crossed the line. You know, she rebuked people when she didn't need to. But, and by the way, if you've got great faith, be careful how you rebuke, rebuke people, okay? Encourage them and grow them. Don't beat them up. But here's the point. People of faith have a different spirit because all they look at is through the word of God, every situation. Well, what does God say about it? What does God say? And some people are like, well, I don't want to know what God says. I just want to stay here in this hole and die right here. Well, that's what happened. Because the whole nation of Israel died in the wilderness. The whole nation died there, except for Caleb and Joshua. And while everybody else was dying, they just lived on. I like that. I like that. So in this first scene, we see a lot about the life of Caleb. Now, go to Joshua chapter 14. We're going to look at the second scene. Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to start moving a little more quickly here because we've we got a good foundation. Joshua chapter 14. Now it's time that Moses is dead. Joshua has been raised up as a new leader. Now get this. The nation of Israel has been going in circles for 40 years. For every day the spies were in the promised land, 40 days, they served a year for each day in the wilderness. 40 years because of the 40 days. The whole old generation is dead. The new generation has been raised up. They're going in to possess the land. They cross the Jordan River. They're in the land. They're beginning to attack cities. They're beginning to settle things. Look at Joshua chapter 14, verse number 6. And the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh, Barnea. He says, hey, remember when we went and spied out the land and came back and gave the report? Remember that? Remember what God said? Remember what God said? How many of you can remember some things God said to you that haven't yet come to pass and you're still holding on to them? Come on, let me see your hands. Hold them up for just a minute. How many of you are still holding on to things that God's promised you? Don't turn loose of those things. Let me show you why. Verse 7, Caleb says, I was 40 years old when Moses, servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 9, so Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. So what Caleb is saying is, remember what Moses said? He said, I could have the land that I wanted where I went in and trod all over it and stepped all over it. He said, I could have the prime piece of land that I wanted because I wholly have followed the Lord. Look at verse 10 now. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. So now he's 85 years of age. 
Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. That's good. Well, if you're in a seniors group, you ought to be shouting hallelujah right here, right now, okay? Look at verse number, verse 12. <laughs> now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there. The Anakim were giants. Okay? You heard back then the giants are there. It's a beautiful place, but the giants live there. Give it to me. And he says, and that the cities there were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. And Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Caleb never gave up on the promises of God. Your future, your future is going to be wrapped up in promises that God gives you. Your future is wrapped up in the promises God gives you. God says, don't wait for me to do things. Start stepping into the future, holding on to those promises, and as you step, I will perform what I promised. That's what God says. See, we, we, we got backward theology in the church world today. You know what God's going to do, what God's going to do, so if he wants us to die in the wilderness, we'll just die in the wilderness. No, if you want to die in the wilderness, you can die in the wilderness. If you want to go into the promised land, you can go into the promised land. Make up your own mind. But don't blame anybody else if you don't wholly follow God. And now two or three more want to stone me. Now listen to this. Caleb wrapped his faith around God's promise to his people. And for Caleb, it became personal. Some of us today in this room need to take those promises God's made and you need to make them personal. Yes, they are mine. Yes, they are for me. God spoke it to me. I'm going to grab hold of it. I am not going to turn loose of it. I don't care how long I have to walk, how far I have to walk. God is going to do what God said he would do. God's promises never lie. They don't lie. Hold on to them. Here's something else interesting. Caleb's faith kept him young and vibrant. You want to die young? Become a doubter. There's a, there's a million things out there you can die from before your time. Just grab whichever one you want and claim it if you want to. But I plan on being a man of faith and just living and living. And I'm going for 120, but the day that I get weary and tired and have seen it all happen, I'll be ready to go home, okay? But you go when you want to go. But he was... 85 years old and said, I can fight today just as well as I could fight back then. Why? Because he hadn't finished his mission. And God said, I'll still give you strength for your mission. Time was never an issue. Purpose was. Purpose was the issue. Time didn't matter. Didn't matter how old he was. Didn't matter he waited for 40 years. None of that mattered. The only thing that mattered was what God had purposed to do. He was going to see it through. He never turned loose of God's plan and promises and purpose for his life. And then look at Joshua 15. One more point here before we go to the last scene. Joshua 15. Look at verse 13. Now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the command of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Arba was the father of Anak. Anak was the one that was known for producing the giants. So this is the lineage of the giants. The giants lived in the land that Caleb claimed. Verse 14, Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. He went in and he drove out the three sons of Anak, the three giants and their offspring that controlled that land. He went in and drove them out and possessed the land that God promised to him. 
Let me talk to you about this for a minute. Giants are big. <laughs> Some of them are ugly. They're intimidating. In the natural, you probably can't handle the giants. But God said, I'll fight your battle for you. You fight the fight of faith, I'll fight the rest of the battles for you. One of the things we have to understand about purpose is when you follow God and you invest your life in his purposes, there are going to be some battles. We in the church today need to understand there are going to be battles. There are going to be spiritual battles. There are going to be battles. It's a part of life. Well, I got saved, so I don't have to fight any more battles. Well, you know what? You misunderstood something somewhere because there are going to be battles. But God has promised us victory in those battles. You know, I, I can imagine first time Caleb walked through that land. As he walked through, he saw that, you know, and they, were, they were spying it out, so they were trying to be cool and quiet. And he was spying out this one area, this mountainside and this hillside. And man, it's beautiful. Look at the crops. Look at the vineyards and the orchards. And look at the giants. Look at the vineyards and the orchards. You know what Scripture tells us? When they spied out the land, the bountifulness of that land was so great that they got clusters of grapes that were so huge that they had to get a big staff and carry it between, their, between two of them and they draped those clusters of grapes over the staff and they carried it because guys couldn't carry them in their hands. They were too heavy and too big. Caleb said, I'm going to pour my life into helping God's people settle the land. But God, along the way, I'd like to have that area right there where those great big grapes are and where those pomegranates are and where those vineyards are and where those orchards are. He said, I want those blessings as well. And God said, it is yours. Can I tell you something? When you look at the land, it's worth the battle. It's worth the fight to get the blessings that God has for us. Why do we give up? Hold on. Keep fighting. We are going to possess everything that God said we can have. It's ours. It's ours. This is so good. I may just play this message second service. It's so good. I don't know if I can even do this again. Here's the interesting thing. Some of us are thinking, well, I can't do that, man. I don't have the background, the teaching, the training, the reputation. People would think I was crazy if I became a person of faith. You know what Caleb means? The word Caleb, the name Caleb means dog. A lot of people thought he was just a dog. What they didn't know was he was a bulldog. <laughs> you call me a dog if you want to. By force, I'm going to go in and take what God says is mine. I can do it. Caleb, along the way, developed bulldog faith. What does a bulldog do? He grabs hold and he does not let go. Turn to somebody and say, don't let go. Don't let go. Now, one more scene. Look at Joshua 15. I know I'm having you read a lot of scripture today, but it tells the story. And there's two parts to this, but in the last scene... We see Caleb finishing the job, inheriting and possessing the land. Joshua 15, verse number 15, says this. Then he went from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly the name of Debir was Kirjath Sefer. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kirjath Sefer and takes it, to him I will give Aksa, however you want to pronounce that. How many of you won't name your daughter that? But I will give Aksa my daughter as wife. So Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it. And he gave him Aksa, his daughter, as a wife. Now Caleb went in and drove out three giants and all their clan, all their family. Drove them out of the land. Probably killed them. He drove them out, took possession of the land. But there's one area that he didn't totally settle that needed to be settled. So Caleb, and I think there's a picture here that God wants us to see. Caleb said, okay, here's the deal. I need somebody to go in and take over that one territory over there. 
Whoever wants to go take that territory, if you'll go in and take it, I'll give you my daughter as a wife. So one of his brothers had a young son. I'm, I'm sorry. So one of his brothers was younger. He went in, Othniel, and he took the land and possessed it. Now, what are we seeing here? Caleb involved others in the conquest of the land. I said this either last Sunday or week before. There are way too many of us who want to be the Lone Ranger and have our own thing and separate from everybody else and get all the credit and so on and so forth and it goes on and on. You know what? God's going to put others around you to help you accomplish what he's called you to do. So he said, okay, is there anybody of faith who thinks they can go in and take that land? If you can go take, now, I think Caleb could have done it himself. See, is anybody else a man of faith? You know, we can't let this next generation die without faith. Is there anybody who thinks you can rise up and go in and take that land? This guy rises up, it's his brother. He says, yeah, I can do it. He says, okay, go do it. So his brother went in and fought the battles and possessed that area of land. So Caleb gave him his daughter for a wife. Caleb was saying I'm looking for a son-in-law who's worthy of that inheritance I'm looking for a son-in-law who's got faith who's not afraid to fight I'm looking for a son-in-law who will be a good provider for my daughter and if you can go in and possess that land I'll give you not just the land I'll give you my daughter I'm looking for somebody who wants to fight for the future. Today, God is looking for people who will fight for the future. For your future and for God's future. God's looking for people who aren't afraid, who believe Him. So Caleb starts trying to pass it on. Funny thing happens in this story. After they go in and settle the land, his daughter comes back. This daughter that he gave, this Aksa, she comes back and says, Hey, Daddy, uh, you know, you gave us that land because Othniel went in and drove the enemy out and possessed it. We've taken over that land. Only problem is we don't have any water there. There's a, there's a piece of property right next to it that has springs. Would you give us that property? And Caleb said, yeah, I'll give you that property so you'll have water. As a matter of fact, there are bigger springs above it. I'll give you both pieces of property, and you can have all the water you need to water that land. We're trying to raise up a generation today that will move boldly into the future God's called them to. And we're going to give them an inheritance, we're going to give them land, and we're going to give them the water they need to do the work and get the job finished. And I'm speaking by the word of the Lord right now. It's time for people to look up and realize we can't sit down here where we are. There is still work to do because we've got to get the next generation to, ready to go in and finish possessing all the land. We're not finished. We're not finished yet. And finally, Judges chapter 3. Different book. One more scripture real quick. Judges 3. Judges 3, verse number 9. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war and the Lord delivered Cushan, Rishatham, king of Mesopotamia into his hand and, he, and his hand prevailed over Cushan, Rishadim. So the land had rest for 40 years then Othniel the son of Kenaz died. Remember Caleb saying hey is there anybody who's man enough to go in and possess that land? Is there a man of faith out there? Othniel his brother rises up and does it. A few years later Joshua's dead. Caleb's gone. The next generation rises up. They stray from God and the enemy comes in and overruns them. But God raised up a judge. God raised up a deliverer to deliver his people. And for 40 years they lived in peace. And the deliverer was Caleb's brother, Othniel, the one that got his daughter. He became the first judge of Israel. 
because he had been trained by people of faith. As we close this morning, we, we got people in this church, you've been walking with God a long time, and some of you are saying, well, I, I'm kind of down the road now, so I don't really know what my place is. I'll tell you what your place is. It's to help us train young people so they can be people of faith. They need your experience. They need your knowledge. They need your wisdom. And they're looking for it. As I close this morning, I think it's also important for us to realize sometimes I don't think parents are even aware of who might be living in their house. The way we raise our children, they're not yours to make and shape their life into what you want them to be. They're to be shaped into God's image for his purposes and his plans. You never know when there's a Caleb or an Othniel or a Moses or a Joshua in your family. We have a responsibility to pour faith into them. This morning, just before I pray, I know I'm, I'm just about out of time, but, but i got to share this. There is more blessing and abundance than you ever dreamed for you, but it's in God's plan for you. Too many of us are trying to get it outside of God's plan and God's ways. It doesn't happen there. It happens in God's plan. There's always provision in God's plan. Always, always, always but we gotta be willing to dream God's dream and see what God sees. Lay down our dreams to pick up his dreams because his dreams are better, I'm telling you. I know from experience, his dreams are better. They're more full, they're more rich. They are so pleasing and satisfying. I wanna pray for you today because I, I just believe right now, God's knocking on some people's hearts right now. Father, across this room, I know there are people you're speaking to today. I know that I know that I know. God, I pray right now that first of all, those who picked up the stones would put them down. Instead of resisting, would just listen to the message today. Realize you have better plans for us than we have for ourselves. You're trying to walk us into those things. Father, I pray right now that you would increase our faith and help us to see what you see. God, there are people in this room who've given up on what you've called them to do, what you've called them to be. They have given up. But right now, you're going to stir up their hearts help them walk into everything everything you have for them father it's never too late to start so by faith we're going to rise now and follow you wholly fully completely with a different spirit in jesus name for just one moment god's dealing with your heart about something right now just take a moment and say god i give it to you and i will obey you I will obey you. Pray that own, pray your own prayer right there where you are. God, I will obey you. I'll do it. Everybody say, I will do it. In Jesus' name. While your heads are still bowed, one more prayer. Father, in this room right now, there are people who may not know you. I ask you to grab their hearts right now. Maybe you're here today and you've never committed your heart and your life to God. Maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've never accepted his sacrifice on the cross as full payment for your sins. But as you've sat here today, you've realized there's truth in this message. Something's grabbing your heart, and you're realizing there's more out in front of you. The only way to get there is to walk it out with God. Maybe you've never accepted God. Maybe you've never laid your life down and said, God, let me dream your dream. Never, maybe you're realizing there's a gap between you and God. The shed blood of Jesus will close that gap and bring you into relationship with God if you'll just accept his love and his favor, his forgiveness today. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to pray this with me right out loud. You don't have to yell it and scream it, but pray it right out loud. Everybody pray these words. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. I want to dream your dream. I want to live the life you created me to live. So I ask for your forgiveness. I want to come into relationship with you. I want to be your child. I believe in Jesus. He died for my sins. Was raised from the dead. And he lives forever at your right hand. Jesus is now my Savior. And I'll let him become the Lord of my life. 
I will follow you. I will learn your ways. And I will walk into everything you have for me. Thank you for loving me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know what? There are people in the house today I know have committed their hearts and their lives to Jesus. Before we change the order, let me just say this. Before you go today, if you prayed that prayer, if you've never prayed it or you've been far from God and just been wandering, I want to give you a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. It's just a little bit of devotional reading that will get you started building that relationship with God. When service is over, we'll have prayer teams here at the front of the building. They're here to pray with anyone about anything. But if you just walk up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you. No strings attached. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. If you're in a big rush, you can go to the Connection Center, get the same booklet out there, go out into the Connection Center, just ask for the booklet that we're talking about inside the next seven days. They'll give it to you right there. Can we welcome people to God's family right now? God bless you. Hey, can we thank Pastor Gary for that awesome message this morning? That was fantastic. Awesome. Hey, we have just a few more minutes left before we, we go this morning, but right now we're going to honor God with our giving today. It's something that we do in every single one of our services, and, and being here this morning, you know, it, it's so good to be amongst God's people because the truth is that what we stand upon today has been built by faithful people who have trusted God, especially in the area of their finances. And you know, I was thinking about that message this morning. I certainly don't want to try to re-preach anything that was already said, but when he, when he talked this morning about Caleb trusting God fully, fully, I was reading in another translation that said holy, and when I think about whole, it's just everything. There's nothing that's left out of that. And it made me ask myself the question, is there any area of my life where I'm not fully trusting God? Because I can only say fully, I can only say holy if in every area I'm trusting God. And truthfully, that includes the area of my finances. We honor God every single week when we come together with our finances because he's told us to do so. He's asked us to do so. We know that there are so many blessings that lie on the other side of that commitment, that statement of faith that says, God, I put you first. I bring my tithe, my first 10% into the storehouse because you've asked me to do that. I honor you with offerings over and above that because I believe that you give seed to the sower and that there is always a harvest on the other side of my seed. When we do that, God always honors that commitment. How many people have experienced God's faithfulness in the area of your finance? I want to tell you this morning that God is always true to his word. He never breaks any of his promises. And I want to thank you this morning for your faithfulness and giving for your generosity. This church exists because of people's generosity who choose to put God first in this area. As our ushers come right now to receive our tithes and offerings, I just want to encourage you to give in confidence because as always, our God is faithful. Amen. And as we give this morning, we're going to watch church news and tell you more about everything that's coming up here in the life of the church. Please hang tight till the end of service so that our ushers and security can grab the offering this morning and escort it out. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are thrilled that you and your family are in church with us today. A new year is a blank campus, and we are very excited to see what God has in store for each one of our lives in the year ahead. We also have big plans for 2017 here at The Bridge, and we hope you and your family will join us. Here's what's coming up. tickets here in person. So after service today, stop by the registration table and pick up your tickets for $10. You can also purchase tickets at the door on the night of the event. However, the price goes up to $15. Remember, doors open at 5.30 for shopping in the Vintage Corner and pampering from our team and Massage Envy. The main event starts at 7 p.m., so don't be late because we have an incredible opener to kick things off. This is going to be an amazing night, and we hope that you'll do all you can to join us. See you there. Are you new to the bridge? Want to find out how you can get involved? We invite you to come to Connecting Point. Connecting Point is the place to come and meet our team, hear our vision, and find out where you fit in. 
It's happening on Sunday, February 12th at 6 p.m., and childcare is provided for all kids, infant through fifth grade. Just sign up at the Connection Center or on our website. We look forward to hosting you and your family and helping you find your place at the bridge. Next Sunday, we'll be having water baptisms during our 11 a.m. service. If you made a decision to follow Christ recently or you've been walking with God for a while but have never taken this important step, we would love for you to be a part of this very special day. Stop by the Connection Center after service today or sign up online and we will contact you this week with all the details. Baptisms are some of the most special times here at the bridge, so we look forward to standing with you next Sunday as you follow Christ and water baptism. If you are a guest with us today, we would love to meet you and help you find home at the bridge. Stop by the Connection Center before you go and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and tell you more about everything that's coming up in church life. And if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, you can also grab a free copy of the next seven days at the Connection Center. We want to help you begin your journey of faith. If you want to stay connected, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv, for details about everything that's coming up. We are excited about spending 2017 with you. All right, it has been great being in church with you this morning. And right now, immediately following this service, we have a lot of things happening. We have our final Kenya informational meeting. If you have been thinking about going on the Kenya missions trip this summer and haven't turned your paperwork in yet or just want more information, be sure to attend this meeting. You can, it's in our chapel. And if you don't know where the chapel is, you can exit through the side double doors from the auditorium and it'll be on your left. And then we have an all-volunteer meeting also happening immediately after this service in the Student Life Center for all volunteers serving at Chick Night this Friday night. So if you're serving in any capacity or you haven't signed up yet but you want to serve, please join us right after this service. Go out to the foyer, through the coffee shop, through the double doors into the Student Life Center and we will all meet there in just a moment. And you can get your tickets today if you haven't done so for Chick Night in the foyer, and you can also do that online. For all the ladies in the house, I hope to see you at Chick Night Friday night. It's going to be awesome. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you next Sunday.